Welcome to the Soul Midwife Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Hughes. I'm an energy healer, a guide, a mama of four, and yes, a soul midwife. In this podcast, I offer guidance, healings, and wisdom for women who are feeling out of alignment, disconnected, and are longing to find out or to rediscover who they truly are from a deep place of wholeness. Women who are ready to step out of the culture of busy, overwhelmed, disconnection, and fragmentation, and to lead lives that feel soulful and aligned from the inside out. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. So today I'm going to be talking about presence as a passport to greater life. So this phrasing of words is not something that is that is mine. I do not claim to own these words or to have thought of them myself. Uh, I'm currently reading a book called Living Presence, The Sufi Path to Mindfulness and the Essential Self by Kabir Helminski. And the phrasing of the words were from him. So I'm going to read just a teeny bit of what sparked this podcast before we continue. So he says, this presence is like a passport to greater life. It is our connection to that greater being to which we belong, but which is often buried beneath mundane concerns, bodily desires, emotional disturbances, and mental distractions. Through knowledge, practice, and understanding, this presence can be awakened. Oh, I found that very, very powerful. Especially because I have been sitting a lot with the fact that we are very distracted as a society by things that mm, I don't want to say are not meaningful because I believe life in general is meaningful, but things that take away our essence, take away our life force, maybe is the best way of putting it. When we are buried underneath mundane concerns, when we are buried under bodily distractions or mental distractions, we are giving our life force, our life essence to these things that are happening outside of us, to us, and we are forgetting the path to greater wholeness and greater oneness is actually inside of us. And so let me preface, I'm not saying that we don't all live in this world. Kabir Helminski also lives in this world. I'm sure he wrote a book, he had a deadline, he had outer worldly things, right? We all have that. So uh, I just want to be very clear that, that I'm not speaking to that. I'm just speaking to the misalignment that occurs when we give all of our attention or the vast majority of our attention to these emotional disturbances, mental distractions, mundane concerns, and bodily desires. When we live in a world that is main value and focus is on the external, is on the individual and what the individual can accomplish in life and there's a very set standard of what that accomplishment means and value what accomplishment and value means as a society right uh, as a as a larger culture so when we live in that culture we forget about 
this presence that is always accessible and a point of intersection between the world of the senses and the world of the spirit, right? That is what presence is. It's a point of intersection between the world of our sensors and the world of the spirit. So to me, I talk a lot about, uh, you know, mind, body, spirit, right? This is, a, is a something that's been thrown around for quite some time, that we're our mind, body, spirit, right? And when I think about that, that we are the mind, we are the body, we are the spirit, or there is mind, body, spirit, to me, it's just like, we are all of that. We are, we are whole. We, there's nothing that you can do to the body that does not affect the mind and the spirit. There is nothing that you can do to the the spirit that does not affect the mind and the body and to the mind, right? It, it is all one and it is all whole. So it has always been interesting to me when people want to focus, right, just on body, right? Maybe, maybe you're having, so I often help women with uh, uh, hormonal health issues, right? And so for a long time, I focused on the body, the body, the body, the body, because that is the gateway that people are experiencing the hormonal disturbance and hormones obviously live in the body. But without incorporating the mind and the spirit, the deeper levels, we are never going to get to the root cause of what is going on. Even if you think about maybe your hormone issues or something very simple from maybe eating, maybe, maybe there is a histamine reaction from a major gluten issue that you didn't even know about. Uh, I don't know. This, this is, a, is a quite a common thing, right? So... So that is, you could say, well, that's a nutrition and that's a body issue, right? But it affects your mind. It affects the way your mind can process information. It affects the way your mind thinks. It affects your microtubules, your mitochondria, your ATP, which is your energy production for your body. It affects your spirit, how you feel in the world, how you want to connect with the world. It affects your, your you know, it could affect your depression level. It could even, even if you think about food and you think about, well, I crave sugar a lot, right? Uh, that is maybe perhaps like the... You know, now I'm thinking with, with kids who, who have a lot of acne. I work with kids with puberty as well, right? There's a lot of acne. Well, okay, well, there's a lot of acne because you, you eat a lot of sugar and the sugar disrupts your gut microbiome. And so that's body-based, right? But why are you doing that? Why are you craving sugar? Well, maybe there's something happening in the mind. Maybe there's a deeper level of feeling of uncomfortability, feeling of uncertainty, feeling of insecurity, feeling of, oh man, I'm in this transition phase of my life and I cope through numbing by eating sugar. And that is a much bigger body, mind, spirit connection, right? The spirit underneath is the lessons that we come in to experience, to learn, and to grow. And often coming in to grow, growth often takes, uh, growth can often be very uncomfortable. Let's just say it like that, right? It doesn't have to be, but most of us experience growth as some sort of in discomfort, right? And so 
let's, you know, as a midwife, let's just talk about it in terms of birth. We're growing the baby and like growing the baby in our body. It's definitely impacting our mind. It's bringing up all sorts of things around parenting, perhaps. It's bringing up fears, perhaps. It's bringing up feelings of worthiness. It's bringing up, oh my goodness, so many different things. Fears of death, that's a thing for many women. Um, fears of being able to uh, parent and show up lots of parent, women experience feels of worthiness come up in pregnancy right so there's like the body body's growing the baby then there's all the, the mind chatter all of these sort of like programs that we picked up in the first seven years of our life right the programs when we're in that uh brainwave state of theta Theta, right? Not alpha, not beta, theta. When we're in theta brainwave state in the first six years of life where we're really just being kind of like a state of hypnosis and really programmed by everything that's around us, everything that we're being taught and told. We pick up a lot of those deep things, not all, because there's also a lot that comes through even in our DNA and the expression of our DNA, the trauma that can be held in our lineage through our actual DNA, right? So there's all of these sorts of things going on. And then, and then that it can express itself uh, in terms of why we even came here, if you believe this or not, but why our soul is here, right? Uh, I, I personally do not believe that our soul just comes here, poofs, lives a life, and goes away. There's a much bigger and divine purpose. You can look to, you can look to religion for this, if that is uh, the place that you occupy. You can look to spirituality for this, if that's the place you can occupy. You can look to quantum physics for this, if science is the space you occupy. All of life, uh, the expansion and contraction, the reciprocity and the cyclical nature of life exists in everything. Nothing just dies and then goes away. It always is transformed into something else. I was just learning with my children this week about the rock cycle and how rocks are literally born through force of fire, right? Molten log lava, the igneous rock is formed and then it turns into sedimentary rock through erosion and weathering and then the sedimentary rock and pressure and then the sedimentary rock kind of goes down deeper into the earth and it's more pressure applied and even some heat and then it turns into metamorphic rock and then it and then it comes back up through igneous rock right and so it's it's a cycle that everything is changing breaking down transforming again and so if you think about life and how we often transform there's some sort of heat pressure event right it doesn't mean literal heat but it, it often for humans means some sort of uh i don't know it could be for so many different things a death a divorce a longing a misalignment that you feel in your body that you just cannot hold any longer, a body breakdown. Often it's illness nowadays is, is the major uh, pressure to cause a life sort of shifting. Um, and so this, this occurs, right? And so as a, as a system, as a living system, as a universal from the biggest level system and the microscopic most quantum level system, we expand and then we contract and we grow and we shift and we change and what was something then becomes something again. And so it is my belief 
that we are a soul and that we return, we are a part of the one and there is our signature essence as a soul and it travels with us through time and space, perhaps into different bodies over time and space. Um, and so that we come here on this earth in this now moment to experience something that we have decided to learn and grow, right? There is a purpose for our existence and it doesn't have to be the purpose of your existence does not have to be aligned with the job that you do, although it very well could be, especially nowadays. I feel like it's, um, that is a shift on the planet, right? That we are, that often the way we express our purpose is aligned through how we serve and show up for people. So all of that to say, that was a very big tangent. <laughs> we, um, this was me staring outside at the snow falling and being really dropped into complete and total presence, right? None of this was planned. Uh, so I had some notes, but it's, it's just being dropped into presence and letting the words flow through me as so many authors do, right? It is not that I own the words. It is not that I own these ideas or concepts. It is my truth. It is my belief. And it may align with your truth or belief or, or not, right? It's always take it or, or leave it. And so for me as, as a soul, I've journeyed from the age of 19 through many different religions, many different traditions after growing up without a religion or a tradition. And in fact, having best friends who were in a religion tell me I was going to hell or this or that and make me very actually... Um, I'm sad to say, making me feel very judgmental about people who were religious. Um, I've, I definitely feel like on the very opposite side now, uh, very, feel a very kindred spirit with people who are religious or spiritual or have a very deep value and place for God, right? And so to me, that is simply presence is the way of accessing the intersection between that world and the world of spirit. And it is so important and it is so little a part of our life and it, it needs to grow to be bigger. And this is the reason why, because it, it is the passport to a greater life. It doesn't make the outside things in your life change, although it might, but it, that is not the purpose. That is not the purpose of presence. The purpose of presence is to, to witness, to drop into the state of witness to truly sit inside anchored and observe the comings and goings like to imagine yourself you're on i don't know if you ever had this experience but i when i was a kid i often would lay on the grass i grew up in the country i would lay on the grass and i would just stare up at the clear blue sky and in colorado we have these beautiful uh wide open big skies that you can just see for forever and ever um, which I didn't even know wasn't a thing other places until I met people from other places and they told me how different the sky is um, from than where they were from. And I would sit there and I would be in and of the earth. I would remember having these like experiences where I would like become part of the earth and I would stare up at the sky and and I would just watch the clouds. And it wasn't I was trying to play games with the clouds. You know, I've done that with my kids where we make up stories and shapes and all the things, but it was just like becoming whole. It was becoming the witness and becoming a part of everything. 
And in our society, we become so disconnected, disconnected from nature, disconnected from our, from our uh, souls, <laughs> from really like even like our constitution has the separation of man and nature, right? And we've also really become separate from man and God, right? And, and I would argue, what if we are all one? Like, what if we are all one? We come from the one, we separate into many fragmentations, and then we go back to the one. And in some ways, I find this a, um, a mirror for life. We come in whole as a baby. We are often fragmented along the way, and then uh, we hopefully are able to return to the wholeness of us, right? That is That is my path, at least. And that is a lot of what I work with other women, right? To, to shift through the fragmentation, shift through what is theirs, what is not theirs, what does not resonate uh, in like a, a mental way, you know, like those, those mental stories that we have about this, that, or the other, and also like an energetic way as, uh, because we are, you know, we are energy. So what has stuck inside of our actual energy field? But when we compartmentalize all of the things, we forget the biggest thing. And that the biggest thing is presence, to be the witness, to be, to be not the judge and jury. The other day I was uh, moving through some really big, uh, I think many of us right now are, especially February, right? And into March. I always find February is a very big, deep, dark winter month of purging for me, doing that deep, dark, like uh, <laughs> inner landscape work, right? And so I was doing some deep uh, dark and not dark as in bad. I mean, it doesn't feel super comfortable. It doesn't feel super great, but it is what it is, right? I know that the, the more you dig down, the, beautiful, the more beautiful the diamonds that you can find, right? The more whole I feel afterwards. So I was doing some of this work and I often express that in the form of art. So I was uh, doing doing a, a journey is what I was doing and I had this imagery and then I take the imagery and I put it into uh, paintings right and so I was doing some painting and the imagery that I was getting the imagery that I got when I was doing the journey was actually sitting in um, on a slab I guess you could call a slab of granite and all around me were animals, wild animals. And the wild animals, uh, I was feeling very afraid sitting on the slab of, of, um, of granite. And the wild animals uh, were causing me to feel very afraid. And I was, I was asking myself, what am I afraid of? Well, I was afraid of judgment, right? It's a, it's a theme in my life, afraid of judgment from others, um, other people not understanding me, and therefore, um, not understanding my heart and uh, where I actually come from and throwing daggers at me, like, right. And so um, I was sitting there and I found my anchor inside the journey. I found my presence of like, it's okay because I believe this truth. I am this truth. And I just felt very anchored. And then all of the animals started dancing. And then what I started to experience was all of the arrows that were being thrown at me were actually from myself. So like that inner judge and jury, right? And so then I took, uh, I had this image of fire, going back to fire. Fire has trans, uh, 
to transmute things. So I did a painting of fire, um, kind of burning up this stone and the arrows that were being thrown, right? So it's like a, it's art therapy really is what it was, I guess. It's all just, you know, something that comes and that I flow with and was felt very impactful and um, also something that felt very like releasing to me, something that felt very, like I said, the fire, it transmuted that energy of the judgment. And so I could step into my greater power. And so I could share this with you, right? Um, even as I started telling, telling the story, I thought I had the voice in my head said, are you really going to share that <laughs> vulnerable of a story, that personal of a story? And I always do. I always do share these stories because it is my hope that the story and the vulnerability and the like, uh, the trenches that we all go through, that it inspires other people to see how the presence, how that connection can then transmute that energy. So I didn't sit in that energy of judgment and jury and throwing the arrows at myself. I've done that for much of my life, many, many, like a decade or more ago. I would sit there, I would sit there for weeks and months and feel sick and literally sick inside, literally like I could throw up sick inside. I used to throw up often. And I would sit in that fear and that judgment of everything I did and everything I thought. And it made it so I didn't have a great life, right? I didn't feel like I was actually living life and I did not feel connected to much of anything. I felt alone, depressed, um, and uh, very depressed. And, and there is a transmutation that can happen when you drive into presence. And so I am so grateful for my journey through these 40 years of uh, well, I guess not really 40 years, 30 years of diving into all of these different traditions and finding that pres presence is amongst all of them. Presence is in all of the religions in some way, shape, or form. Spirit and soul is in all of the religions in some way, shape, or form. Like, it's all there. We may not agree upon how and what you do and the ritual around it or if there is a ritual, but it's there. And so that is the oneness that we do agree upon. That presence is there. And so the invitation is that presence can become a passport to a greater life, but it can only become a passport of greater life if you give it value and if you actually let it become part of you, which means that it means a beginning, at least it becomes a practice. I don't know many people that just presence is just their state of well, I do actually, they're called children. <laughs> children have presence as a state of being. There is no, um, there is no time, like there literally is no time, right? It's a thing that we've structured our world around, but, but for children, there really isn't time. My little guy said something the other day that was so funny about time that I wish I could remember because it was like one of those things that you just want to write down in their little book so that you can remember that one day that's such the sweetest, most essence, pure thing just came out of them, right? But somewhere along the line, the presence and in greater forms or not can get, can get bubbled over by the mental distractions of life, by our wounding, our trauma, our personality, our hurt, right? This isn't to say that we need to separate our wounding, our trauma, our, our hurt. It is part of our wholeness. That is part of our wholeness. That is not what makes us imperfect. That actually is what makes us whole. Our trauma, our wounding, that is part of us. 
working through that, doing some, uh, you know, mind knowing where that mind stuff comes in, knowing like the energetic release of the trauma, not because it's bad and we have to get it the hell out of us, but because it no longer aligns with who we are becoming and who this greater life is. And so we're choosing to bring in new, right? And so there's, hmm, I'm feeling like I'm not explaining it the best because it's sounding more like spiritual bypassing, like all light and love. That's not really what I'm, I'm getting at because uh, believe me, I know <laughs> there's wounding and trauma and it is a, a big part of the work, but part of the work of the working through and becoming accepting, integrated, integrated with the trauma. And also just like, um, I mean, you can at some point, there is a point where the layers come off, the layers of that trauma, like like a sandpaper, right? You're sanding it down, you're sanding it down, you're sanding it down. So there might be some rough edges and some splinters, but you're sanding it down. Again, not because it's bad, but because you're wanting it to be more whole, I guess is what I'm saying. Hopefully you hear my heart and what I'm trying to say rather than the words that sometimes bumble out of my, my mouth, not as eloquently as they are in my heart. I have moved position. I'm no longer staring at the snow because I had a fear that my children were coming in. So now I'm in a different place. <laughs> so uh, all of this to say, all of this conversation is, please, my dear ones out there that are listening, let this be an invitation. Let this be an opening to allowing presence to be a greater possibility for your life because it leads to a greater fulfillment in your life no matter what is going on, no matter if you have money or don't have money, no matter if you are in the middle of a loved one dying or if you're all of the things, right? If we're in the middle of, uh, you know, a pandemic or a war or whatever, presence is the way that we stay anchored inside that we allow the life force to flow through us, that we connect with something greater than us so that we can hear guidance if we need guidance or just feel connection if we need connection. Even if we don't feel that connected outside in the outer world, when we connect with that presence inside, when we connect with something more than us, all of the outside things become background noise that's a little bit more muted. And sometimes we can mute it more than others, right? Sometimes it still might seem loud, but we can anchor in that place inside. And that leaves us with a greater fulfillment of life. It leaves us with a greater fulfillment of life from the right spirit. <laughs> we want to break down the mind-body-spirit again. It leaves us with a greater fulfillment of life in our mind and definitely in our body. Our nervous system is deregulated. It is on... Uh, it is not as hyperactive, hyper alert, hyper fearful, hyper stressed, which so many of us can be when we put everything in perspective. And I actually did a quite a, I thought it was a very good uh, deep drink meditation recently on uh, a perspective shift. So um, you can check that out if you want afterwards. Otherwise, uh, you know, presence is something that we show up to. So the best way to show up to presence, in my opinion, is dropping into your breath, <laughs> following your breath, not judging your breath, not making it be something else, not even making you not think or this or that, but just becoming 
the witness of what's going on inside of you without trying to change it. Ooh, without trying to change it. So I think that's all I have to say for today. I hope somebody out there has found this so helpful that it, my words have gone into your heart, from my heart. Um, if you're interested, if anyone out there listening is interested in working with me and doing some of this work, I've launched a new um, service. I don't know. I've launched a new kind of a faction of the work I'm doing. It's called Reclamation. I've been working on it for quite some time and it felt really aligned to release it now. Reclamation is um, several sessions with me, hour and a half sessions, and up to three months. So it's either a three session or three month session, depending on how much reclaiming is you're committed to, where I act as your guide to really find your own truth, find your own connection, find your own power to work with the body, mind, and spirit, to work with the mind, those stories, where they come from, to possibly do some healing. Almost always there's some healing that needs to happen that I act as a guide for, to connect with your energy, to learn how to clear your energy, to learn how to connect with your energy, to learn how to connect with your soul, to learn how to connect with the truth and essence of who you actually are underneath all of the things that may have been uh, put upon you over the years that all of us have, we all have, right? And it's reclaiming it's reclaiming your presence, reclaiming your essence, reclaiming your soul, reclaiming your power, reclaiming your truth. So if that sounds like something you're interested in doing, um, you can head over to my website, soulmidwifejulie.com backslash, backslash reclamation. Otherwise, I still have several spots open for the 40-day soul journey for now the spring. Uh, this 40-day soul journey is a guided journey for 40 days. From me, there's one session uh, live and that you and I do together. And then you head off on your own and get daily emails from me. They're 15 to 20 minutes with guided meditations, helping you definitely drop into presence. This is being offered in the gift economy model which is a pretty awesome way that I have been playing with and loving working with. Um, and so you can head over to my website and check that out as well. Otherwise, I will see you all again soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye.